Hello everyone and welcome to the season 2 episode 10 of Spoon House a podcast where we mostly discuss about space stuff but we also end up rambling about a range of other topics from K-pop to NFTs this is your host Alina the potentially spaced out space person and this is your host Pooja aka the wandering stargazer and we hope you're having a good day Uh, for all those who are joining us today for the first time, we are the podcast team of the Asia Pacific Oceania Space Association, or APOSA as we like to call it, uh, which is a sustainable space community developed uh, development initiative at the Asia Pacific level. Uh, through Space Moves, we are bringing to you different types of space topics wrapped up in a lot of fun and laughter. Exactly, and space house is not just for the space people out there. It is also for all the amazing people who are curious to know more about what is happening in the space industry. Also, well, with that being said, Pooja, I bet you know uh, that about this. But for the audience, what is happening on July twentieth? Is it a special day for the space community or something? Oh yes, Alina. So it is indeed an important day for all moon lovers like me, uh, because we spell, celebrate the International Moon Day on July twentieth, and that is basically to celebrate the first moon, uh, man landing on the moon uh, on that day. But um, since years, like since that it has started, we have been celebrating the Moon Day with different activities. Um, one of the very popular ways is to keep telescopes outside on the street and on sidewalks and you know show people the moon from the telescope it's just a way to celebrate our moon and celebrate the special day where humanity uh, kind of made a small step and a giant leap uh, to reach there wow that sounds so awesome and uh, to our audience do you guys know that there is something called the moon village association the mva Yes, you heard it right, and it's not something uh, like a village association for the humans and the extraterrestrial life forms out there, but it's something more. And don't let your imaginations wide open now. Just keep it there for now, please. And uh, today, for the tenth episode of Space Moves, we have two amazing guests from the Moon Village Association to talk more about what is MVA and the International Moon Day celebrations that they are doing. So we have uh, Bernadette, who is uh, implementation support officer, and Antonio, who is a uh, East and Southeast Asia regional coordinator of Moon Village Association. They are also currently uh, taking several other positions within the space domain. So you might know them, and uh, they are also doing a lot of work with the Space Generation Advisory as well. And I'm so glad that we have them today on board. And a hi to both of you. Welcome aboard. Hi Pooja. Hi Alina. <laughs> Hi. 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 It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, and so I might also want to remind the audience out there that uh, Antonio was our expert expert smurf on season one as well, and so happy to have you here as expert again for season two, Antonio. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be an expert smurf. Smurfon. Yeah, <laughs> Antonio awesome. is an expert in a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure, and I think uh, we must, Alina, remind our audience that there is a wonderful opportunity that they have to uh, interact with both of these experts in person <laughs> on Saturday, that is the 23rd of July, at 6 p.m. IST on Instagram on our Instagram ID, which will be shared in your description box. Uh, for yourselves, it will be a wonderful opportunity for you to ask questions directly to Bernadette and Antonio about all their uh, work as well as opportunities that you could perhaps participate with them. So I think without uh, much ado, let's uh, let the smurfing begin. Exactly. All right. My first question is something that I actually want to ask the both of you, as someone who is a moon lover uh, herself. I wanted to know more about the Moon Village Association, like maybe an overview of what all activities you do, what events you do, and um, how can people like us be a part of it? Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's a very good question. And I like to really like to take that up um, because I think not so many people know about MVA or have heard about, you know, MVA, but this is really um, an amazing organization. So officially it's a non, um, non-governmental organization, uh, which is established in June 2017. So it's not, it's not that old, um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still fairly, fairly young in the space domain. Uh, so we are, uh, uh, like I said, a non-governmental organization supporting the United Nations and is also a member of the IAF, the International Astronautical um, Federation. And essentially, so from, from, from the name itself, Moon Village Association, so Association of a Moon Village. Um, so by Moon Village, I think this is where um, a lot of questions would would come in, like what exactly is a Moon Village? But I I, I like to to, uh, to assure everyone we are not talking about an actual village, a residential village on on the Moon. That's not what we're talking about. We're also not um, talking about another ISS, you know, the International Space Station. Um, but we are talking about the more general approach of the Moon Village being a community, like a lunar community. Um, um, doing um, peaceful and um, sustainable um, activities on the moon, utilizing its resources and all of that, um, in accordance, of course, with all the relevant um, you know space laws that we have. But that general concept of promoting um, sustainable um, lunar exploration and all of those activities. Um, so essentially, the MVA is the um, community um, trying to um, to make that into a reality. Um, um, so I think that's uh, essentially what um, MVA is. Uh, uh, what uh, Antonio? Over to you. Like, what do you think? Like, is there anything that we missed out from Bernadette? Mm-hmm. Bernard gave an excellent overview of the MVA. As, as Bernard mentioned, it is a uh, non-government organization. And MVA, we do a lot of things. Some things are more research-oriented, where we try to look into uh, what will come into the Moon Village. That is not just, um, as uh, Bernard has said, it can be anywhere from an actual architectural type of study of trying to build the Moon Village to the more socio-political agenda and issues that we might encounter. Like village, the village term can use either as a physical village structure, but most times it's used to as an encompassing term for what will happen with multinational and multi-sectoral um, entities that are trying to live on the cis-lunar space. So not just in the lunar surface, but in the cis-lunar space. And they don't have to be like permanently there, but more in the different activities of habitation, of resources, economies that will happen on the moon. Uh, MVA trying to spearhead um, some studies and cooperation in that sphere because trying to get as many different perspectives as possible uh, from different fields is integral in, tr- in trying to have a long-term vision on how the moon economy and the moon society can be developed for the future. Wow, that's... Yeah, and I think to add to that, so Antonio already mentioned um, an overview essentially of the working groups. So I think um, in your question as well, like how can you get involved? So um, really um, one of the um, most exciting um, ways to get involved is to join a working group. So within MVA, we do have um, working groups that are both, you know, serious technical ones, but also um, there are less serious um, um social science oriented um, aspects of lunar exploration. Um, so uh, so for the technical ones, let me give you an idea. So I think one of the most um, active working groups is the architecture working group. Um, so it's uh, um, talking about research and development of how, uh, what kind of architecture um, are we talking about um, when, we, um, when we are thinking about the long-term um, um, long-term presence of humans on the moon. What kind of scenarios um, um, could could be could possibly happen? And you know, what are the technical building blocks that we need to um, further develop um, in order to achieve um, that um, that long-term presence on the moon? So I think that's one of the most um, exciting working group if you are really into that there's also um working groups on analog missions and uh also there's a lunar commerce in business so they're also trying to come up with some studies on um what would the moon market look like how big it will be and um so it's very interesting and also on the less you know um technical side so we do have um 
cultural considerations working group. So for example, if we are staying there for, for long, so people are gonna be living there, what are the cultural implications of that? Um, how should we define, how should we, let's say, for example, um, how, how are we teaching um, uh, the, the children who will be born on the moon uh, about um, our life here on earth? So like those kinds of questions, um, we also need to um, to consider. So that working group is um, really um, um, trying to dig deeper on on that aspect. And yeah, we do have outreach working group as well. Um, um, the uh, the PESC, I think, which will be um, we will talk about later as well, and um, and also a, a working group on on the younger generation, uh, which is called the Towards the Moon Village um, Generation uh, Working Group as well. So a lot of exciting um, groups. Wow. Exactly. Amazing, isn't it, Arina? I mean, I think I'm going to after the podcast, jump onto their website and check on and sign myself up on some yeah. of the working groups. I don't know why yeah. I haven't done that till now. Yeah, and and uh, Bernadette, you were mentioning that uh, some of the working groups were a little more serious, but I feel like it's more both uh, serious and interesting at the same time, which I think every things in space i mean every relate topics relating to space is both fun and serious at the same time but mva when you were describing the working groups i feel like wow i mean this is such a great opportunity for the people out there to get involved and i mean what are you guys waiting for just sign up right go for it and go to the working groups interact with them and who knows you know you, your ideas will be taken in future and i really like the uh, idea of why we need an mba like for the future, right? You know, we are researching and trying to find solutions for the future uh, possibilities that will be happening, right? And it's so nice to hear a lot about it. And which goes to my second question: uh, Why, why are we thinking about the colony on Moon? I mean, what is the purpose and benefit? Like, uh, I've heard people wanting to go to Mars. Yes, Elon Musk. And then like, uh, I mean, it makes sense moving to a bigger planet, but a moon, which is comparatively way smaller than Earth, like what is the whole idea about it? I can take this up first. Um, so the moon is, is we, we try to, and we also don't say colony because that does have some cultural um, aspects. So we try to say settlements. Um, okay. And we try to build. Yeah, I was. I was about to point that out, Antonia. So that's the first important point. Yeah, that's very um, sensitive. Yeah, yeah. We're we're really sorry. It's actually <laughs> something that I wanted to talk about anyway uh, during mm -hmm. at some point because a lot of people have been using the term like lunar colony in previous literature. It's just that mm -hmm. um, again, the, one of the things that uh, we do at MVA is to be mindful of cultural differences and like cultural histories in different countries and the word mm -hmm. colony is usually not positive so yes. <laughs> so the the uh, most of the cislunar ecosystem personnel has moved into talking about space settlements because that's more akin to what we're trying to build um on the lunar surface so we try to go to the moon uh we try to go back to the moon and stay as the artemis project i frequently says because uh, for a variety of reasons so uh, the previous missions, the manned missions to the moon were um, the Apollo missions, where they're only there for science and research, but now we're not just going for science and research, we're going for economic development and also for actual um, manned exploration to the moon and beyond. And uh, you already mentioned that we are very interested in going out to Mars and to the outer planets. Uh, the moon will be a waypoint uh, for that if either not on the surface, we um, uh, for example, the Artemis Gateway Project is not on the moon, but it is an orbiting station around the moon, but it will still serve yeah. as a waypoint for refueling, to, for the crew to take rest, for resupply, yeah. uh, for, diff for uh, the crew to actually transition into different types of spacecraft, et cetera, et cetera. And also mm -hmm. the moon is a great place for us to test out a lot of new technologies because it does offer some stunning environments that, uh, that you cannot have the ISS. I ISS, um, while it does have microgravity, it doesn't have the same level of like radio, uh, radiation or uh, protection uh, from uh, from like uh, uh, from different light that 
limits certain observations to take place, some deep space experimentation, uh, some you know, human or biological experiments. So that will all be able to be done on the lunar gateway or on the lunar surface. And there's a lot of projects that we're doing out here. Um, if you're looking on the um, close side of the moon, basically the side of the moon that is facing us, that's where we might have a one uh, human settlement. Uh, that's because it's just there, very visible. It'll be a, kind of like an economic waypoint for us to um, travel to the moon and back. We're also looking at the different lunar poles because they we know that there are ice caps there um, in the permanently shadowed regions. And Ice is actually a very valuable commodity out in space because you can uh, divide, the, you can like melt it for drinking mm -hmm. water, for potable water, or you can split them into hydrogen and oxygen, oxygen to breathe and hydrogen as fuel. Um, we also have the far or the deep side of the moon where you can, um, where the deep side of, or the far side of the moon, because it is shielded from the, the various different types of radio communication coming off earth you do not have those radio uh, disturbances which means you can create a deep space antenna to explore the deep space um, without oh. the interference coming off uh, from earth mm -hmm. so there's a lot of science and research and opportunities available with a human settlement another reason is that it can serve as a political uh, checkpoint because it is um, a lot of times we view Antarctica and the Arctic or the maritime as a neutral zone for countries to come together and for the true international collaboration to take place. And we viewed uh, the moon to be a symbolic place, another symbolic place, a true new frontier exactly. for humanity to kind of realize how much more we are similar than we are different yeah. to try to come together to go for endeavors that really unite us as a single species. So those are all the different regions, uh, the reasons why we're looking into the moon. And of course, the, the easiest reason is because it's just cheap. It's just much cheaper than trying to go to Mars or like exactly. any other planets. Yeah, I, I just yeah, love, yeah. That yeah. Is, yeah, that, that, is, that is so true. I mean, um, first of all, yes, analog missions. That's why we are really, we really want to use the moon as an analog, as a test bed mm -hmm. um, for future Martian um, missions and also um, really it's also the space mining as well um, really the, the resources on the moon so there is really um, a lot of potential and opportunity for that um, essentially to make money and also of course our resources here on earth are you know depleting so many um, many um, uh, private ventures are really um, looking into that aspect of it um, but yes generally as Antonio mentioned as well it's really a, a sort of um, political um, imagery as well that is really the moon is our next frontier and we are really really good really really doing it really doing it soon and um, uh, we you know no, nothing can stop it so uh, I'm so excited <laughs> yeah I mean I just loved how you guys have structured the whole of the answer like starting from why we should not call it the colony on moon and rather than mention it like something like settlements on moon or villages or like moon village itself, right? Yeah. So from there to why the moon is being used. And when you were talking about using moon as a rest stop, that's the only thing that I actually kind of was relating to. Like when we go to a destination, you have rest stops in between like in one place or another. And moon can be like something of like that sort. And then... Uh, you know, moon can also be considered as a neutral domain where all the countries will have equal opportunities rather than having any political uh, upper hand or hegemony or anything of that sort. I mean, it sounds super cool. And uh, I, I really, really wish that I would be able to see whatever that happens with this moon village in future. Like, I really hope that it happens really, really soon. And uh, it goes into my next question. Like, how are we going to implement this properly? Like as any other uh, project or mission that we have, it might have some challenges, right? Like either it can be any actors or uh, any other technological challenges, or let's say like even coming to the law and policy, like with regarding to space mining itself, there are a lot of debates, like heated debates happening here and there. So according to MBA, how do you guys think that we can implement a moon village very sustainably. Yeah. 
Right. So um, let me take that up first. So I think, mm -hmm. um, so I mentioned earlier uh, the working groups that we have. But another important side of MBA is what we call the GEGSLA. So it's, it's, um, it's GEGSLA is, uh, it stands for a global expert group on a sustainable, um, sustainable um, activities. activities. So yes. yeah, from uh, lunar activities. So essentially that is really what it tries to, uh, to address. Uh, so if you notice, uh, there are so many um, um, countries um, launching lunar missions. And even just recently we had um, NASA launch the, uh, the capstone um, project, the capstone mission. Um, so that's, that's one, but essentially a lot of people want to go back, um, go, go to the moon and launch their own mission. But of course, um, there could be, um, uh, you know, we are forecasting um, some problems there. So for example, uh, one problem is that everybody's going on the same spot. So on the South Pole of the moon. Um, so of course, like that can cause um, some traction so within them. And so we really um, need, uh, as early as possible, we really need to come up with, let's say, a, a global, um, um, not, not necessarily a standard, but at least an understanding on how we can sustainably do our activities there. Uh, so this uh, this Gengsla uh, within the MBA is uh, trying to address that uh, by um, by uh, doing you know um, research and consultations with several stakeholders, and uh, they try to come up with let's say best practices or suggestions on how we can actually do that and recommendations. And these are also being uh, presented uh, to the United Nations because MBA is uh, has an observer status at the, the UN COPUS, and so it's it's an ongoing. Um, ongoing initiative but that group of experts are really are trying to consolidate it and um, continuously publish some of the best practices on how we could do exactly that amazing that is yeah. that is amazing i feel like a lot of the stuff that i'm hearing is also cool um i might be seeming like i'm silent but like i've been personally making um, notes. okay read more on this you know <laughs> join this yeah. do this do that so i feel yeah. like uh there's, there's so much that uh, we are gaining just with this interaction and i'm sure the audience is going to be enjoying as well um that has all the questions that Ina has been asking has led me to my next question, which is, uh, you know, we always do now uh, make sure of two very important words, which is um, things to be peaceful and sustainable, right? But uh, ensuring that things are peaceful and sustainable is not as easy as we would want them to be, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, making things sustainable. I think we have to question ourselves uh, because we're just kind of set in a pattern as uh, from years of the way our industry works. Um, how do you think can we ensure that when we do settle on the moon, uh, we would be able to ensure that it is for peace and it is sustainably? There, that's a hard question. And the easy answer is that you can't. We can't ensure anything, especially in international politics. We have try to do so in the Antarctic the, uh, and the Arctic zones. They are, the Antarctic is relatively being used peacefully for uh, research purposes, but there's still a lot of um, side, uh, sideways eye glazing about how the Antarctic is used, like what research stations are positioned, et cetera, et cetera. The Arctic is, um, is not a war zone, but it is very similar uh, to war zone. There's a lot of disputes. And even if it's not the polar areas uh, for the international um, maritime seas, there's still so much conflict about um, the freedom of passage between different lanes, about what activities, especially how can resources be utilized um, or exploited in these regions. We will still have the same uh, type of we will still have the same difficulties on the moon as well. There will be difficulties about um, who has the rights to mine uh, lunar resources. There are uh, multiple countries already that give, that recognize the right of different private or non-private entities to own resources on the moon. But again, that's um, the legal interpretations are still upcoming. Like, um, is it how much you can claim or is it how much you can reasonably process and acquire and store? 
And even, and even if some countries recognize that right, how does that hold up in an international court and international legal system? Um, and a lot of times international law and policy are not as powerful as they seem to be. Just because something is written into a treaty doesn't mean that they're enforceable. Like a lot of times exactly. um, countries need to sign them and then they need to ratify it. And even if, after they ratify it, um, they might just revoke it. They might unsign the treaties, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> law and policy are very fluid things, especially for, especially for these fluid dynamics. Mm -hmm. And it's all about what countries have powers to enforce this. And usually the, per, the countries who have the power to enforce uh, stability mm -hmm. are also the countries that have the power to usurp and disrupt that piece. You will usually find that the countries who are say that they're the vanguard for peace are also the ones that has, that is also developing technologies that can be used that that has dual use purposes that can be yeah. used both civil but also militarily. So exactly. there's not one way we can ensure. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we're trying to do, especially at MVA, is to try to come up with an international consensus. So that's what we mm -hmm. try to. That's what we usually say in international relations that we try to build an international consensus of what are the norms and the standard yeah. operating procedures for operating in this region. So there's no enforcement, but that's um, what we usually do is that we can indemnify certain countries when they do activities that we believe are outside the international legal nor international norms and um uh, and and that is what we're trying to build and the whole purpose of an organization such as an mva is to try to have as many stakeholders as possible from different from multiple countries from different fields of economics of soci of sociology of law and science and technology to, co to come together and try to figure out what those norms can be because these norms while not legal are still the most powerful uh, instruments and values that we can have in an international community. And these are the things that we can really present towards. So that's what we're trying to build at organizations such as MBA. That's why, that's the whole, that's the reason why that organizations such as MBA are so important at this uh, particular um, timeline in trying to develop a lunar economy and a lunar international um, system. Well, that, that is really exciting. I think there's yeah. a lot of food for thought in, you know, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, I totally resonate with what Antonio was mentioning about how the politics works. Like, there are a lot of actors getting involved in Moon these days, and it becomes a little tiring sometimes because when you think that you have reached an almost consensus, there might be some issues somewhere. Some other country will create an issue saying that, okay, this is not interpreted in this way. We want to be, we want it to be interpreted in this way. And then it will be a heated debate and it gets, I mean, that's how we have been seeing all these debates and different sessions at the UN Corpus and UNOSA and all, right? Like that's why still space is still a, um, how to put it? Like it's still a competitive domain where different actors are trying to gain something and some actors are trying to pull down something else and yeah but the interesting yeah, part was yeah, def yeah. definitely yeah definitely everyone has its own um um agenda in the end and um yeah. even in space and it's really um not easy and even even with artemis accords um mm -hmm. and there are also um issues um let's say that um in Artemis Accords, actually, the um, the emerging space countries who do not have um, any lunar missions whatsoever are not, you know, included in that dialogue. But then, of course, they are also a a stakeholder in that in in the future. So I think, um, yeah, it's uh, like like you said, um, it's a uh, it's still quite quite messy and it's really yeah. um, um, challenging. But it's yeah, it's yeah. really challenging. But uh, yeah. And I really, in fact, you know, Alina, that's exactly, you know, my point was like, it's so difficult for us as humanity to reimagine these concepts because we are so used to having boundaries. And the moment we go in space, the concept of boundaries does not exist. So, you know, the, the, the management, the administration, everything that we have in mind is so ingrained and like so thought through in boxes that uh, it's, it's a little challenging for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, it does push our... Uh, uh, a thought, I think, in terms of like thinking beyond and thinking in terms of space, because it's not ever going to just affect one person. It affects everyone when it's out in space. It's not one country's onus; it's everyone's. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, like as always on every Space Moms or uh, podcast, I have something or another to tell about K dramas. So I think uh, like the dramas that you see on virtual, like any drama, not just K drama, any drama, the the kind of drama that if you want to get entertained in real life, just listen to the politics. I mean, you, you might find it a little sensitive, but sometimes you just have to let it go of that part and just listen to how countries act. Like consider each country as an actor or a person. Just think about it. It's so fun actually to listen. So we will move on to the next question and that is to Bernadette actually. So uh, we actually, the Space Force team, we found out this interesting project by the Moon Village Association that is um, regarding the participation of emerging space countries project. Like you mentioned, like even in international uh, treaties or contracts like the Artemis, there is a division when it comes to emerging and already existing countries who are doing a lot of work in the space, right? So how do you think uh, these emerging space countries can join this race and contribute uh, to whatever they can do at the moment? Yeah, so um, this is uh, really, so as I mentioned the working groups earlier, but this is one of the most um, active working groups as well. Um, so again, like we've been mentioning, we're talking about uh, sustainability, um, right? And we mm -hmm. at MVA, we really recognize the importance that we involve us early on these emerging space countries. And so these uh, working groups our, uh, this task uh, working group is really trying to uh, to address exactly that, which is to uh, to help that country um, tailor fit a let's say roadmap of their own for their own country on how they can get involved and what kind of you know lunar missions would be more suitable for them and would be beneficial you know for their own country. So it's it's a tailor fit approach. So the idea behind this working group is to invite these emerging space countries and invite uh, a team from that um, emerging space country. And then we at MVA, we will provide some mentorship and some workshops uh, with them. And th the final output is essentially a roadmap of how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna approach our stakeholders within our country? And uh, how are we um, gonna get involved in, in the lunar exploration scenario? And so that is really the, the main goal. And uh, we, we started this uh, two years ago and now we have around 10 countries um, participating. And um, it's uh, it really, um, the question of how really depends for each country because even if everybody is emerging, we still have our own unique uh, needs and political um, scenario within our country and we we might have a different sets of stakeholders so with, with this um with this working group it's a it's really um a, a matter of uh, tailor fitting uh, your own uh, roadmap uh, to the moon let's say yeah i mean uh, it actually sounded so nice and uh, for me again i'm kind of relating it to things like it felt like a training program or a crash program for the countries to get involved and to get no more like what can we uh, contribute to this project or how can we do and like you've totally mentioned right now like it depends again on the country's decision what they want to do right like even after doing the training course it's up to us how to uh, channel whatever that we learned on our career right so i think it's really cool what uh, mva has been doing on this part and 10 countries in three years wow i mean getting countries on board i mean people from them uh, their, the countries it's so great and awesome i mean right puja absolutely awesome i was in fact thinking that you know it, it's uh, not just you know having the technical skills and thinking through how to set these things up it's also a lot of creative thinking as to how to do it in newer ways how to do it more inclusive and uh, I, there are so many different factors they're kind of you know keeping in mind while doing this uh, which i think is just phenomenal yeah. in fact uh, you know that is bringing me to my next question which i think is uh, 
for Antonio, uh, he might be the best person answering this. Uh, you know, there, there, I think there must be a lot of different regional programs as well uh, within MBA. Uh, you know, if you could tell us a little bit more about that, especially for, you know, the Asia Pacific region and uh, how could the Asia Pacific region benefit directly uh, from these kind of programs that the MBA has? Uh, we would love to know more about that from you. Right, so MBA is very much, um... Uh, it has both a top-down portion and a and bottom-up portion. So in the top-down portion, you have the different working groups at the MVA that are intersectional and interdisciplinary, try to focus on like particular topics that are very long-term ranging. The bottoms-up portion of MVA is relatively new. It hasn't been that long since we recorded, since we started recruiting regional coordinators and national coordinators. So it's still very new. And our new initiative, the International Moon Day, for which we are airing this webinar is actually one of the first key milestones and we're really trying to garner up uh, the grassroots movement from the different regions. So we're ready for the Asia Pacific region. Uh, I mean, we don't actually have to say the Asia Pacific, we see say East Asia and Southeast Asia region oh, for, uh, okay. for the region that I am a representative mm -hmm. for. I do believe we have two to three events scheduled uh, for IMD and that will just get started because we're what we're trying to do is that we're trying to get a lot of stakeholders and these regions to become interested in MVA in the mission of MVA and see what they would be up to. Um, it's all about what they're interested in. Uh, we are trying to build that funnel in getting a lot of these, uh, in recruiting a lot of these members into long-term research projects that are our working groups and see how that can be. But I'm trying to do more public outreach programs so that we can talk more about Moon Village. Uh, because as I said, Moon Village is only valuable if we have enough stakeholders and constituents from a lot of different sectors. Like we don't want uh, this to be just another organization that is just filled with scientists and engineers. You want as many sociologists and um, sociologists, designers, policymakers to come into this organization, really talk about um, what the Moon Village should consist of. We do not want this to be another technocrat engineering work um, because we, there, there are other organizations out there that does that exactly. much better than us. We are trying yeah. to be more the collaborative, cooperative, internationally, mm -hmm. internationally, culturally aware organization and public outreach will be, a, is our avenue of choice for that. Yeah. And, uh, I just really love the way how MBA functions, like just by listening to you both, like you know, how inclusive MBA is and also how culturally aware this organization is trying to be as well. The terms you have incorporated and the different activities you guys have been doing. And it's really, really insightful. And to the audience out there, so Aposa is also collaborating with MBA uh, IMD celebrations this year. And by this time, I think the registrations might be closed. If it's not closed, I will definitely link it down on the description below. But nevertheless, uh, to all the audience or uh, the participants who have registered for a process workshop, and also there are other workshops with uh, Space Mover as well happening on July 20th. So all those audience out there who are listening to this podcast and also have registered for the workshop, I hope you guys enjoy the uh, International Moon Day celebrations by MBA and you get to get, uh, get to get the best of the workshops and everything. So with that, uh, we will move on to the final question, right, Pooja? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, absolutely before that, you know, I do want to respond to Antonio's uh, answer, which I think was really beautiful because, uh, you know, he said how it's not just scientists, but bringing together so many other different uh, disciplines together. And yeah. that kind of an interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary approach, I think is so important when we're looking at creative solutions and trying to build something which is so different and uh, beautiful. So um, yeah, that, that's great. And I feel really uh, glad about it being an Asian uh, and being someone from an arts background who is studying out of space politics. So I feel like, um, I feel like these are the kind of places we would need more and more for people like me to feel, you know, that we belong um, in space and in the community in general. 
Um, but uh, coming to my last question, which is uh, to both of you, uh, more to say, like we know that the Moon uh, International Moon Day celebrations are coming on, and uh, I am really curious to know about what is uh, the big and mega event that MBA is planning this year uh, for the Moon International Moon Day. So if you could tell us more about the you know events or events that you have uh, you know planned up, uh, we'd love to know about them. Um, so I think let me just refresh everybody of what IMD is. So it's the International Moon Day, and it's uh, it's the first time that we are ever going to be celebrating um, a day uh, dedicated um, to the moon. So it's going to be on July 20, and it's uh, this official celebration was approved by the United Nations just last December. Um, and again, this is the inaugural year um, for IMD. So we're really excited uh, to officially launch this uh, with, with everybody um, from all over the world and uh, with IMD and with the MBA. So uh, I think Antonio mentioned already, but we do have a, a top-down and a bottom-up um, segment. So for the uh, top-down approach, so for this, we have a, a set of um, events which mainly comprises of keynote speeches and uh, exciting panel discussions um, from, um, from, uh, from, from all over the world, from high level speakers from all over the world. And it will be um, broadcasted um, live um, uh, during um, July, on, on the day itself, on July 20. Mm -hmm. So we haven't released um, the details yet, but please stay mm -hmm. tuned on the website um, for yes. that. So it's completely free. You can watch it from anywhere um, here on earth, anywhere on earth. And also for bottom-up events, so this is uh, really, really exciting. So this is where we invite anyone, literally anyone, any organization uh, to, to come up with their own event and celebrate it with us. So this, uh, the type of event can vary um, from technical ones and again from um, not so serious ones mm -hmm. like uh, a moon festival which is what um, Antonio's team is working on I'm sure he will mention it later on um, but uh, so we do have a lot of exciting events happening all over the world and you can also check um, our website uh, for that and I think Antonio um, please uh, share your exciting um, events. <laughs> you, you want me to um, so yeah. I am currently organizing the International Moon Day event in Korea, which we are, of course, calling it the Korea Moon Day event. Uh, we're actually hosting a nationwide competition called What If. Um, for Marvel fans, you might, <laughs> and there's a lot of Marvel fans in India, Marvel fans, yeah. <laughs> What If it's a Disney <laughs> series about what if something will happen um, yeah. in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something that ha happened uh. else. And we're taking that same concept but applying it to Moon Village. What if something happens in a Moon Village in, in some future? What happens if someone accidentally dies and someone's Ooh. at fault and it's just someone else? What happens if um, an astronaut from a different country is in danger and you are in a position to help them? Are you legally required to go help them. Uh, you actually are. There's an international, the Outer Space Treaty does require to go help uh, any other astronaut um, in trouble. It's just, it doesn't stipulate how much, like how much mm -hmm. do you help them? The, there's no limit. So um, we will be giving out these topics to um, students and young professionals and they will come up with a scenario. Like we simply give them the topic and they will come up with a realistic scenario and a presentation of what, um, a future moon village situation would look like given this uh, topic or issue. So that, mm -hmm. and hopefully we're looking into um, like, we will be also be selecting winners. We have a bunch of panel uh, panel judges that we're waiting uh, sneaky. We might actually have an astronaut or the judging panel as well. Those. Um, uh, <laughs> but we're also uh, trying to see if we can have the winners of these team also be incorporated into some of the working groups that we have at MVA, which is a great opportunity, which in a single event, you can see how an international activity organized by the Moonville, I mean, is spearheaded by the Moonville Association, allows for the national and regional coordinators of MVA to do a PR, a receive public uh, public people and public members um, to come to an IMD event and have them funnel through into the IMD's top-down research wow. organization. So you can kind of mm -hmm. see that as a whole ecosystem we're trying to develop here and hopefully we'll see more of that in other nations in the, in the East and Southeast Asia as well. 
I am just so blown away with this what if competition and I really really wish is it online or is it offline like uh, how is it offline Uh, yeah, we have the largest science museum um, in Korea, which is the Kwachun National Science Museum. We also have a few rockets displayed there, and they're generally say as our sponsor and host partner. So wow. we'll be we'll be wow. doing an offline. Wow, it's yeah. a bummer. I mean, I really want to go. We, we can't go, right? You want to go? <laughs> yeah yeah and also um i want to add a very um interesting um uh, opportunity for everybody i know uh, this is affiliated with the mva india um local event for the imt but there are other um bottom-up events um happening that actually you guys um can also participate in and so this is especially for uh, schools and universities out there um who wants to operate a lunar rover right i mean i think We want, I want it. Um, so, um, so we just released this, I think, a few days ago. So we have uh, an event coming up, which is a tele-robotics event for the IMD. Uh, so this is in partnership with an analog uh, research um, station in Hawaii. So they have uh, the lunar rover there. And they have kindly um, partnered with us. And we uh, will be having a first-come, first-served basis Um, depending on how many requests we, we get from schools and universities to allow students to remotely operate um, the oh. lunar rover and try it out. Um, so uh, if you have the time, please uh, check our website on that. It's very exciting. Yes. And we are really, um, really happy to, um, to, to open this to everybody, not just um, for, uh, for students in the United States, mm -hmm. but this is uh, open to any uh, school and university Um, any student um, anywhere on earth. So uh, that's very exciting. So please do sign up. Again, yeah. it's a first come, first serve. Um, let's uh, let's uh, operate the rover. <laughs> and I, I just wish I was in school. I was still in school because I, I, I know I, we get that opportunity, but as a school student, the excitement level will be like way beyond like what I'm feeling or what if, if even if I do it uh, online or something like The excitement level will be so different. Wow! I should, I should let ask my brother to do it. I should really. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. no. He's he doesn't deserve that. But yeah. No, but, but I, but I do, I do uh, teach some astronomy in some schools, and I definitely I'm going to you know announce about the opportunity uh, yeah. because I think the students will be so so excited. And uh, exactly. just like uh, talking about, uh, you know, seeing the moon or just seeing a telescope, uh, we hear so much of uh, excitement in the voices. I think uh, something like you just said will just blow their minds. Exactly. And uh, for the audience who are listening, please check down on our description box and we will be linking, definitely linking all this information there. And you can definitely sign up. Oh. By the time this podcast goes out, I think it, the registrations will be closing up. But uh, still, if there are any openings out there or if you're curious to know more about Moon Village Association or if you want to get in, engaged with them, their activities and all, please do check down on the description box for the links and we will be more than happy to lead you guys to MBA. And uh, I, I'm just still so stuck with this all information about IMD celebration. I'm so excited, actually. Well, it is it is extremely exciting mm -hmm. and uh, you know I'm, i'm so glad that bernard actually brought out the history that you know it is uh, the first time that we will be celebrating it on the you know uh, 20th of july because before that we used to celebrate it on a different day and uh, you know nasa used to celebrate this as the observe the moon day just uh, you know uh, but since last year that uh, you know it's it's a big feat that you all achieved And uh, now that we internationally be able to celebrate on the same day, uh, yeah. something so beautiful and hopefully the start of something beautiful as well. Yeah, exactly. And as you are reaching, almost reaching towards the end of this podcast, I believe that the audience out there have learned quite a lot about uh, Moon and also International Moon Day and also about the Moon Village Association and what they're planning for this year, right? I mean... I just hope that uh, it will be a very good event for all the regions like uh, from Korea to India to any other country who are doing these um, celebrations and 
I really hope again in next year, in 23 July 20th, we will upgrade all these versions and do a little more extra. And then eventually like it will be uh, like a thing all over the world. Maybe, you know, we get more countries getting involved with MBA and doing all these IMD celebrations. And it will be super cool to have all these actors coming together and doing all this. And it was really an amazing session. And thank you, Antonio, Antonio and Bernadette for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to host you both on behalf of MBA. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything to share as the final remarks? I think um I think um I just want to thank you uh, for inviting us and for giving us this opportunity to uh, share with everybody uh, the exciting events happening at MBA and how they can participate um, within MBA and yes uh, please just do check out our website you can also join as an individual member and uh, join these working groups join these events happening and I'm really um excited for uh, for all of us for what's um what's coming out for us. We are the next um, generation going to the moon as well, right? Uh, so we are the, really the next generation. And uh, we, uh, we hope, um, we hope uh, everybody, all of us can, can experience it as well um, in the coming, the coming decades. But yes, um, thank you so much, um, Space, Space Murphs, um, for inviting us. It's been an absolute fresh pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for such an interactive session. And um, yeah. I, would say uh, I would thank you to our audience as well to listening to four spectacular people. Yeah. And also now over to you, Antonio, like what are your final remarks on this? Right. If you are watching this Space Smurfs podcast, then, just, uh, then there is a very high probability that you're someone who's either a student or in the very early stage of your career. If you are, and if you're in the space sector, you're in for a very exciting time because we're seeing so much new developments in space. There's a very high possibility that a lot, that quite a few of you listening to this podcast will have a chance to go to space and use especially to the moon. So I would like to th um, like, um, as, as they already mentioned, thank you for all the efforts that you have put into developing the space sector. I look forward to so much to seeing how your professional careers will develop in the years to come. Um, if there's any questions that you might have, your my email inbox as well as my Instagram is always open for questions or any inquiries or any information or like any information that you might want to learn more about space. Both Bernadette and myself are involved in many different organizations that work in the space sector, especially non-governmental organizations. So mm -hmm. if there's any questions about how you want to be involved in space and you don't have to be an engineer there, I get so many questions about, I'm not an aerospace engineer. How can I be, uh, am I allowed to be in the space sector? Yes, you can. Yeah. In this economy, in this era, you can be a businessman, you can be an artist, you can be a policymaker. You have a chance, yeah. you have a, you have, you have space in the yeah. space sector. So you can, please come, you, please join. Yeah. I mean, you can choose your own avatar in space. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's the new tagline that I'm going along. Uh, like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to listen about all these activities. And again, um, even though Antonio mentioned that, you know, you can reach out to both Bernadette and Antonio. I would like to mention again that on 23rd July, 6.30 p.m. IST, we will be having the Instagram session and you can directly get involved, engage with uh, Antonio and Bernadette and ask your questions to them. And also, yeah, reach out to them on, your, on their Instagram or emails as well. So you can choose your space avatars. Yes, I'm going with it again. So yeah, uh, with that mentioned, uh, we can conclude today's sessions and uh, we will see you on episode 11, which will be coming out soon. Until then, this is your host, Alina. And see you, host Pooja. Uh, signing out. Off. And yes, till then, you. goodbye. Keep smurfing. Bye-bye.